For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Kingdom of Pod on the Believe Podcast Network, a look at Boise State football every week from Flower Mound, Texas. Coming up, we're about 100 days from kickoff against Central Florida. What am I looking forward to? What do I miss? And what am I excited about that maybe some of you may be sharing those similar feelings and ideas? Also, details about Central Florida, adding to their roster and how it may impact that game and what direction this group of five powerhouse may be going with Gus Malzahn. And what is Jeremiah Dickey, Boise State's new athletic director's biggest job after fundraising? I'll get to those stories in a minute. Let's get back to the top. I saw a piece on ESPN.com about the fact that we were about 100 days away from kicking off the college football season as I broadcast uh, this and tape it. Uh, That's probably true, although everybody is assuming only uh, that the Boise State-Central Florida game will move off of that uh, Saturday date in September and get back to a a Thursday date. So that would be moving from the 4th to potentially the 2nd. These are all rumors and somewhat unsubstantiated. So I get it. A lot of us have travel plans and all that. So it's it's a little concerning. And we'll just have to figure that out when we get there. It's expected to come in by the end of this month. So that's coming right away. Let's hope that happens. But uh, the... College football authors from ESPN.com were talking about what they missed about college football and the pandemic season we went through and where we're headed now, it seems like, is full throttle uh, college football for the most part. I would think that's the case essentially in Boise. And, you know, you have to take this uh, to me with, a, uh, I guess, a, a, a double-edged sword. I mean, for years I worked at... Uh, Boise State football. I worked at it. And that's, you know, there's a handful of us that do that. So my personal experience as somebody who works a Boise State football game or at it or before it uh, is different than everybody's, basically. Uh, So I will just suggest that I look at this through some of those eyes, though, because it's my own personal reflection. I guess my vote counts and how I look at it, but your vote counts uh, doubly as much. But in general, though, when I look at you know what I've missed uh, from Boise State football, first of all, I don't live in Boise anymore, so this is going to be difficult, much more difficult. Uh, but I don't get to the stadium uh, anymore. So, but when Boise State had home games for a, a years, decades, basically, I tried to figure out when this all started for me, and I, I when the ticket started up uh, was my best recollection that I was at the. Uh, stadium anywhere from three to five hours early and and that was 27 years ago so let's just say it's been a long time but in the more recent 15 years or whatever I'd get there about five hours early before a home game I worked for a couple of hours doing pregame stuff 
And then I waited around for people to show up. You know, the media press box was empty. The parking lots really weren't that full. Some weeks it was depressing in that they were completely empty almost. And I was like, is anybody going to come tailgate in this environment? And then about 15 minutes to kick off, I'd go up to my elite club seats, which I paid for. And about you know 15 minutes before kickoff and you know before all that uh, when people did start showing up I'd hit a couple of tailgate spots some friends of mine and my wife would join me some mm, hour or so before the kickoff so that that was really the routine but I think what I'll miss and what I've been missing and, and maybe some of you has more to do with on the field and Seeing big plays in person, seeing blowouts in person, uh, watching Boise State football dominate, long bombs, returns off of kicks for touchdowns, scoring early and often in games, dominating, and then that feeling that comes over you as a fan that there's no comparison to where Boise State's at and the team that they're dismantling, whether they be a Mountain West or non-conference team. As it relates to the away games, again, I was there five hours early, a three-hour wait after I was done for the pregame show stuff, but I enjoy and, I, and I've missed the travel, the sightseeing, the escape from home routines. Um, I had a great view from the sideline where I chose to watch the games from. I got the inside story. I saw the reality of what was happening. And yeah, that was more of a personal pleasure cruise. Most people can't go on. Uh, but we can all get excited about the crowd energy. And when I was on the road with Boise State, which I pretty much was for the last 26, 27 years, uh, the energy of the crowd varied, uh, but hating fans, uh, colorful fans that were dressed up like the Wyoming Cowboy or the enlisted folks at Air Force Academy or the drunks in Fresno or uh, the the great crew in Hawaii that was tailgating out there and was so friendly, uh, or the alums that I saw from Boise State and on those California trips to San Diego and San Jose, the Vegas Strip, and really the hardiest fans of Boise State for me are those road warriors that got out there. I miss the road more than I really miss the home games, and that's that's my own personal experience. As it relates to what's on the field, hey, I'm excited to see what effect this new staff is going to have on this football program. You know, Andy Avalos and this staff have a new energy to them. The kids are really buying in. I think they have a high level of affinity for him. That will wane if they don't win. Believe me, it's one thing to be liked. It's another to be respected because what they what you have been told works. And that's what I'm sure everybody's expecting to have happen uh, it will be interesting to me, and I'm excited to see how Andy handles himself week in and week out. Will he be more open to disclosing what's going on? There's a lot of changes around him in how kids may be handling how they communicate with everybody else with these social media accounts basically full throttle and, and how they'll handle all that. I don't know. I'm excited for the new offense. Is it the old offense done with a new guy, or is it a new offense with a new guy? Uh, do, is there a Boise State quarterback that's dominant? Can Hank Bachmeyer throw to spots and not wait to see people come open and get clobbered? Can Boise State dominate teams with a pass rush? Can they dominate teams bringing pressure uh, from ends or bringing pressure with safeties? Uh, how are they going to measure up to Central Florida 
and Gus Malzahn, who a lot of people think could really be the next big thing in Group of Five. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get a little action on the game. The NBA playoffs could be a place you want to do that. You can bet on all of it. Bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds as well. If you're just sitting there and you want to know, hey, you know what somebody else is doing and what are the odds it's adjusting and there's news that goes along with it if there's injuries or what could be coming up for an upcoming game. It's really the best way to place your bets and it's all free to sign up. So head over to the website betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign up right now and get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sports book experts. I'll get into the toughest job for Jeremiah Dickey after fundraising at Boise State in just a minute. But we were touching on this 100-day mark for the opener against Central Florida. And speaking of Central Florida, I was you know keeping track of what's happening there. And it's interesting to note that they're, they're really getting great run nationally they've they've got a more interesting story for the media to cover with Gus Malzahn and and think about it for a second you know Malzahn's been in a power five program with controversy uh, SEC national titles so he's had tremendous equity in the college football marketplace so in other words there's tons of people that know who he is what he's about what he's done and so when they write about him Uh, there's odds that there's going to be a lot more eyeballs and clicks on those kinds of articles. And I don't think this is rocket science. And conversely, if they started telling the story of Andy Avalos, he's never been a head coach, just go down the line. It's an interesting story. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't have the same equity. So he's going to get a lot of run for a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of people interested in seeing how he's going to do. Those of us listening to the Kingdom of Pod are more interested in Andy Avalos. I get that. But looking at Central Florida and the run they're getting, it's pointed out that you know they're on a roll. They've won 75% of its games the last five years. And there's only a few teams that are better than that. It's Alabama's and Clemson's, Ohio State's, Oklahoma's, Georgia, and yes, Appalachian State and Boise State have won more games during that five-year period of time than Central Florida. Yet, Central Florida is the new kid on the block getting a lot of that run. And I think Gus Malzahn is really all the talk right now. And part of the talk is, since February 15th, how's he going to recruit? How's that going to happen? Because there were people that started dropping in on them uh, from other schools. Uh, eight specifically have been transferring in to Central Florida. And this is a trend uh, that we're all starting to track. It's becoming college basketball-like, but the transfer portal where it became easier for players to move around, schools weren't saying, no, you can't, uh, happened in 2018. And you know, since then, you've had Central Florida take nine players out of it in 2019, three players only in last season, 2020. And right now, when you look at their roster, they've got seven critical players who are all transfers into that program from somewhere else. Now you have eight players coming in. And it's a mixed bag to me. 
I think Bryson Armstrong, who's a linebacker, who's an All-American from Kennesaw State, uh, could be important to them because they need defensive personnel. Jordan Johnson is one of those kids that make headlines. He didn't play at Notre Dame as a true freshman. He probably wasn't that great. He was a five-star. A lot of people know him. I'm sure Malzahn recruited him to Auburn at that time. We know a little bit about Nate Craig Myers, a wide receiver who played at Colorado State because he transferred to Colorado State from Auburn. He didn't play as much at Auburn, played some at Colorado State, Mixed bag. He's a grad transfer. Isaiah Bowser, a running back for Northwestern. Mark Anthony Richards, a running back from Auburn. To me, there is a big impact transfer, though. I do like the linebacker Bryson Armstrong, and I do like Big Cat Bryant. He was second-team All-SEC last year and a team captain and a D-lineman. I think he can have huge impact at UCF and make a big dent on that defensive line and will be a problem for Boise State, in my opinion. Ricky Barber Jr. from Western Kentucky. And then a linebacker out of BYU, Herkley Latou. He's had injuries, no playing time at BYU. He tried to transfer once before, so I don't expect him to be a huge impact on their defense where they need so much help. So there you have it. That's what has been transferred in to Central Florida. I I, I guess we could look at that and and be impressed with the fact that they were great recruits in high school. I don't necessarily go that direction. I think it's fun to do some discussion around those types of things, but if they didn't play somewhere else, sometimes it's due to their own talent. Sometimes it's due to better talent, and when they move down a division, they'll even look better. There's a lot of factors here, Uh, but to me, this is about ready to change in transfers have worked out in college basketball, and it's going to start working out in football because more kids are able to transfer. uh, Better players are doing it for different reasons. And so I do think this is going to be an emerging trend, and maybe Malzahn's going to be at the top of that food chain when it comes to marking transfers. All right, uh, let me look at another uh, interesting subject for a lot of us, and, and, and that's what's happening at Boise State. Uh, with their new athletic director. So Jeremiah Dickey's uh, been on the job for for a while, and I know one of his first missions, because I communicated with him about this, was you know getting to all the top uh, people who give to the program. He's also had some initiatives you know, after getting over you know hiring and taking his job, you know, and hiring uh, a, a football coach, which is a challenge, and going through a postseason uh, playoff uh, uh, run in basketball, and then dealing with the pandemic so he, he has a new athletic director unprecedented craziness plus the challenges swirling around the university and the state ledge and the distractions of the american athletic conference and what he thinks about that when he doesn't even know really what he's thinking about yet he has not been there uh, that long but to me when i look at his biggest job after fundraising uh, i look at it as scheduling which is a direct result you know, of, of how much money you can raise, excuse me, the other way around. If you got a great schedule and you're a great program, you can raise a lot more money. If you have a so-so to average uh, or below schedule, I think it's going to get tougher. And one thing to keep in mind when we discuss Boise State football and Boise State athletics finances, it all hinges on TV money and ticket revenue from football and basketball and namely football okay Uh, 
So how do you create better ticket revenue? You can raise prices, you can sell fewer tickets. You can lower prices, you better sell more tickets. You can play better opponents, you could sell more tickets. And that's in the non-conference set. You, you at this point have chosen to not control what you do in the Mountain West Conference schedule by not moving to the American Athletic Conference. So there are some factors here, um, and, and some of this table has been set for him. And I uh, was aware of it, but until I really sat down and, and broke down the schedule, because I'm not too fond, I think like a lot of you guys, when you start hearing about, you know, who Boise State's going to play in, you know, 2033, because we all get personal about that. Well, where the hell am I going to be in 12 years? <laughs> and and you, you, you wonder about all that. Well, anyway... That's about as far out as the schedule goes, non-conference right now with the BYU series. And then there's Washington State in there and some American Athletic Conference games like between 2029 and, and 2033. But if you look at it closely, after 2026, when Boise State plays their last scheduled game with Oregon, that's really the last high-profile, top-tiered, power-five opponent on the Boise State schedule after 2026, all right? That's it. So no disrespect to Washington State. They got a long way to go to be a perennial powerhouse top 25 college football program like the Oregons or even the Michigan States, Oklahoma States, you know, Florida States. There's there's national championships there. There's history. There's Big Ten Conference. There's a lot there, okay? This isn't meant to disrespect Washington State. This is about Boise State's schedule. So to me, the hat's on Dickey's head. But hey, Boise State needs some Power 5 games, but some of it's just not going to happen because the schedule in 2027 and 2028 after that Oregon game is already filled out. They've already got 12 games, and unless they throw the Hawaii game in there, I don't know if they can add another game. And right now in 2027 and 2028, there's no Power 5 games even scheduled. All right? Uh, Most games, there was a study that I read from the folks at Learfield and IMG, uh, most games are scheduled five to eight years in advance. Remember, we're in 2021, so that means right now ADs are out there, for the most part, scheduling 2026 and all the way up to 2029. That's their job. That's what they're doing right now. Boise State doesn't have any chances in 27 and 28. They've already got Oregon uh, coming up in uh, in six years. So it's an interesting situation. Could he be looking at buyouts to me, with some of those non-Power 5 opponents and the Mountain West Conference opponents coming in, I think they're going to struggle with ticket sales. I, the, the future for ticket sales isn't as bright to me as the program, uh, the future for digital uh, revenue from broadcast of games is brighter to me. I would be most concerned about ticket revenue. I think a lot of schools are. And... As a group of five school, if that doesn't change, you need great group of five opponents or big rivalries in the Mountain West. We haven't had big rivalries in the Mountain West. And to me, I don't see how they're going to establish because the competition is caught up to Boise State. You just had San Jose State beat them in a Mountain West championship game, all right? And we've seen enough tight, close games in other Mountain West uh, games the last three to four years to know this is true. And when you are the the far runaway leader and then you come back to the pack your fans don't necessarily see it that way 
They just don't. And they don't get as excited. And I think that was why when Brad LaRondo and, and, and Brian Harson thought it was best to go to the American Athletic Conference, that was part of their thinking. That, hey, we need some new opponents to come into Albertson Stadium to get this fan base more excited about the what-ifs. And I think that is going to be a challenge in Mountain West Conference football, uh, especially if they don't turn around this NFL draft thing and, and the talent isn't great and there's more focus put on the college football playoff and, and all this other stuff. Uh, Jim Delaney, who was the conference commissioner uh, at the Big Ten, was talking about a study that came out and, and showed television viewership for football games between Power 5 opponents or Power 5 opponents and Group of 5 opponents, et cetera, et cetera. And it doesn't look good for the Group of 5, all right? I'm just going to tell you that in general. And what Delaney said about these TV ratings, which show Power 5 on Power 5 is what people want to see. Power 5 on Group of 5 is not what they want to see. For example... If you've got two Power 5 teams from the same conference, the average viewership is about 2.4 million, right? When you have a Power 5 from the Big Ten playing one from the SEC, it's about the same. The moment you take a group of five team and you put them to a Power 5 opponent, on average, you don't even get a million viewers, 968,000. God forbid you take an FCS program and put them on the road at a Power 5. You got 556,000. When you take two group of five teams and play them against each other from the same conference, 383,000 is the average viewership in 2019. If you take, say, San Jose State uh, against Tulsa, you know, what, what, what would the average be there? Well, 355,000. I don't think it's true if you take Boise State against Central Florida. There's a lot more interest in the upper-tiered uh, group of five teams. What about those games like Oklahoma State coming to Albertson Stadium? How does that do? Well, that does well. That's about 1.4 million. That's because there's a lot of reasons here. And two power five fan bases is going to get big numbers. All right? When you get a group of five, Going to a Power 5, the people who give a rip are there, and they know it's a group of five teams, so there's not as much big interest in the game, and it's going to be way down, which it is, 968,000. When you take a Power 5 team and you put them on the road at the group of five, it gets more interesting. Why? Well, none of those Power fans, Power 5 fans go to the game. If they want to pay attention, they got to watch it. So it's it, and it's got something on the line because it's unusual to see a power five on the road at a group of five. All this to me, all right, all this to me is adding up to the pressure that they're going to be putting on the power five schools to improve the quality of their schedules. You've seen the Pac-12 address this. They got a new commissioner. Maybe they'll change their mind. Uh, maybe there'll be these scheduling alliances that some people think are coming our way, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 or the SEC or the ACC, however that looks. But the TV executives, and this was confirmed by one of these media consultants, Patrick Crakes, if you'd like to look that up. And these TV people are saying, we are very interested in improving the quality of the inventory and if you guys are worried about taking on more losses, don't worry. Because as the college football playoff expands, you're going to get these harder non-conference games because everybody needs to get into that thing. And you may get more losses, 
but you're going to have more access to the college football playoff. And that could ultimately lead to even more TV money. So I think the thing to keep an eye on here for, for a group of five leaders like Boise State, watch out for your home gate because that is going to be probably a depreciating asset. And maximize your digital or television broadcast revenue. That, that is something that you must be on top of and get the most amount of money on. Uh, these are issues uh, that are coming up. All right, uh, that's going to do it. I know a little shorter uh, version of the Kingdom of Pot of Boise State football uh, look on the Believe Podcast Network brought to you by betonline.ag, but that's where we're at. Please rate, review, pass it on, give an opinion, pass it on to somebody who wants to hear these 25 minutes of just solid Boise State football conversation about, to me, the biggest stories of the week. Do so, and everybody can join us back again next week on the Kingdom of Pot. Thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.